My name is Dulce Valencia, and welcome to Telenovelas con Dulce, a podcast where every week I invite special guests to break down the telenovelas we love. From the music, to the cast, to the unforgettable plot twist. Every slap, every imbecile, every secret twin. I have got you covered. Bienvenidos and welcome to another episode of Telenovelas con Dulce. My name is Dulce Valencia and welcome to the podcast all about telenovelas. Hello everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. Today we are going to continue our recap of Lo que la vida me robó, starring Angelique Boyer and Sebastián Rulli. And y'all, it's a lot. It's a lot. For this episode, we're only going to be covering episodes 6 through 10 because I am in the middle of moving and I've been super overwhelmed and very busy, so I was only able to get to episode 10, but I promise in the next couple of weeks, things will pick up and I will be covering more and we'll, 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 we'll get the rhythm back together. But before I move on and start covering the recap, I do have some personal news that I'm very, very excited about. So I don't know how open I've been with you all about this. I feel like I have been, but maybe I haven't been. But y'all know I love telenovelas. Like clearly I love them because I'm doing this podcast about them. But what you may not know is that eventually I want to work in the telenovela industry. So me personally, I'm a writer and I'm an actor. And that's the career that I'm moving to Los Angeles to pursue full time. So in my personal life, I was able to be involved on this short film that is a documentary and it's animated. The concept is super cool. It's called We Are Here. You can check it out on Instagram. I'll link it in the bio. And I got to be involved in this project and I got to be one of the voices that's going to be talking about my immigrant experience personally and everything. And I was really excited about the project and everything. And a few weeks ago, the co-directors slash producers, Constanza and Dominica Castro, they were in town and they asked me if I wanted to grab coffee. And I was like, of course. And while I was there, we were just talking about my move to L.A. and everything. And then they were like, I want to show you something. And at this point, I had kind of forgotten about the movie. I'm not going to lie. And then they show me a video and it's none other than Sebastián Rulli telling me that the short film, We Are Here, is going to have its world premiere at the Sundance Festival. Y'all, like this is personally, this is super huge news. I'm so excited. It's a dream come true. I've written about this in my journal. Like that was a bucket list item. And then to have Sebastián Rulli give me the news was just, it's the stuff dreams are made of. So I'm going to play the clip here so y'all can listen to it. Querida Dulce, ¿cómo estás? No hace mucho que nos conocimos personalmente. Pues me siento muy afortunado de que me hayan contactado para avisarte que We Are Here, la película escrita y dirigida por Constanza y Doménica, a quienes les mando un beso enorme, está en el Film Festival de Sundance. Así es, ya estás en las grandes ligas, Dulce. Así que, como te dije, todos los sueños se pueden hacer realidad y tú has trabajado para ello. Así que te mereces todo lo mejor. Sigue así y te mando un beso enorme. Mis felicitaciones. Chao. Chao. 
I know Kim said it. I said it. He's a prince. I have no words. I love him so much and I am overwhelmed with his kindness and just agreeing to do this and just telling... Uh, I, I honestly, like, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. But if you want to see my reaction, you can check it out. It's in my personal Instagram page at Dulce Valencia S. So you can check it out. I'll link it down below. But oh my god, y'all, I can't even believe this happened in real life. Like I really, I really can't. I really can't. And for me personally, it's just a great reminder of why I'm pursuing this career and why I want to do this work and the kind of stories I want to tell. And it's also just a really great way to end the year because I started this podcast in February. So we're going on a year and Sebastian really already knows who I am. So it's, um, yeah, I can't believe it. But yes, that's the personal news that I really wanted to share with you all because I thought y'all would be excited about it too. And yes, and just, you know, I'm, I'm in this for the long haul. So I hope that in a few years time when I'm doing this podcast, it'll be, I'll be starting to cover my own telenovelas. So that's, you know... That's my goal, to be in telenovelas and do this podcast, and I can't wait to get there because y'all know I believe in myself a lot, and I love manifesting things for myself, so I'm manifesting that I will be working in telenovelas, and someday I'll be working with Sebastian Rulli, and I'll get to show him the video and how much it meant to me, but yes, those are personal news. Personal news aside, we're going to now get started on recapping episodes 6 through 10 of Lo que la vida me robó. So before I do that, though, just real fast, real debrief in case this is the first episode you're listening to or you forgot what happened in the first five episodes, we're essentially thrust into this story of a young girl, Montserrat, who is being groomed by her mother to marry a wealthy man. The wealthy man in question is Alejandro, portrayed by Sebastian Rulli, who has come into new money because it turns out that he was the only bastard son of a really cruel man who died and left all his fortune to him. But what he doesn't know is that Montserrat, the woman he has fallen or started to fall in love with, is actually in love with someone else. That someone else is Jose Luis, who is in the Marine and is a poor foot soldier. And Montserrat's mom, Graciela, completely opposes to this. And she's going to do everything in her power to make sure that Montserrat does not end up with him. So episode 5 ended with Graciela talking to Montserrat and having a very real conversation with her and being like, you don't know this, but we're about to lose it all. And this is the first time Montserrat has learned about this. If y'all remember, in the first episode, her ex-boyfriend, when he breaks up with her and calls her a bunch of ugly things, he's like, your family only wanted my money. So it's not completely out of the blue for Monse, but this is the first time she's hearing it from her mom. And so when her mom is like, you're the only one that can save us, Montserrat is like, what do you... What, what what am I going to do? And Graciela is like, Alejandro, he's really interested in you. And he has a lot of money. And I'm sure that if you both married, he would take care of all the debt we have. And Monse is immediately appalled. She's like, how dare you? You're, you're basically trying to sell me to him. Which is kind of what Graciela is going to try to do, which is horrible, horrible, horrible. Y'all, watching, watching, rewatching this telenovela, 
I knew Graciela was hella toxic, but that mother, she's just a horrible, horrible, horrible mother to her both children. So Graciela is like, you, you, you're going to have to. It's the only thing you can do. And Montserrat is just angry. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to talk to my dad. And I love this because Monse is such a daddy's girl. Any little thing that happens or any little disagreement she has with Graciela, she's like, I'm going to talk to my dad or my dad will hear about this. Oh my God, it's kind of like Malfoy and Harry Potter. Oh my God. And she, you know what? And Montserrat is really blonde, so she could be Malfoy. But anyway, so she goes to her dad And when they do, they find their dad very, very sick and dying. And it turns out that he's having not a heart attack, not a full-on heart attack, but he is having heart issues. So they rush him to the hospital. Not to the hospital, actually. They call a medic and they call a doctor. And the doctor comes and is like, yes, your father is very sick. And we're going to have to put him under observation and just make sure that he's getting a lot of rest because we can't risk him getting a heart attack because if he gets a heart attack, he's going to be a goner. So then once that happens, Graciela is like, you can't talk to him about the money problems. He can't know. And this works for Graciela because her stopping Montserrat from talking to him is going to make Montserrat more easily manipulated or Or, or it's going to make Montserrat be more susceptible to being manipulated. And also, it's going to stop her dad from telling her, no, you don't have to do this. Because her dad is very much like the dad from Pride and Prejudice, where he's like, I don't care how badly our finances are. I'm going to protect my daughter and you deserve love. Meanwhile, Graciela uses the sickness and is like, your dad had to stop paying health insurance because... We don't have any money and we can't take him to a doctor. And do you really want his last few days to be in some rundown place? Like she is so manipulative. And Monse throughout this whole thing is like, no, I don't want to talk about this. I'm not going to do that. And she's very determined still that she's going to go with Jose Luis and she wants to be with Jose Luis. However, now with her dad being sick, Jose Luis cannot talk to him and cannot go and show his intentions and ask for her hand in marriage. So basically, their only option here is running away. However, Graciela and Dimitrio, the dumbass, are not going to allow this. So they concoct a plan. If y'all remember, there was this character played by the actor who played Cayetano and Ruby, and he loaned a bunch of money to people And Dimitrio, dumbass, killed him. And Jose Luis came upon the dead body, so he became a prime suspect. So, dumbass Dimitrio goes to Graciela and is like, I can make your problem of Jose Luis go away. And Graciela is like, how, mi amor? Or no, actually, she calls him bebe, which, ugh, this woman. And she's like, como? And he's like, first of all, I need to hear Are you okay with sending an innocent man off to prison? And Graciela is like, what are you talking about? And Dimitrio is like, I need you to tell me that you are okay with sending an innocent man to prison. And Graciela, the dumbass, is like, what do you mean, Dimitrio? I don't understand. She like literally is not getting what he's selling. And finally, Dimitrio is like, you know... Gamboa, yeah, I killed him. It was an accident. And he starts to basically 
basically have a panic attack. And Graciela is like, you dumbass, you piece of shit, how dare you? Again, showing how abusive and emotionally destructive she is to both of her children. To be fair, Dimitrio is a dumbass. However, still, Graciela has enabled a lot of his behavior. So Graciela is pissed at him and is like, how dare you? Like, what were you thinking? And then Dimitrio's like, you're not listening to me. We can solve all of our problems if you're okay with sending an innocent man off to prison. And Graciela, of course, is like, duh, I'm okay. And so they form a partnership to ruin poor Jose Luis's life. So Dimitrio gets the gun that he used to kill Pedro Gamboa or whatever his name is, I can't remember. And they plant it in Jose Luis's room. And this is just part one of their elaborate scheme. Part two is Dimitrio gets a friend of his, Esmeralda, played by the one and only Margarita Mangaña, whom you all remember as Aida, Teresa's bully from Teresa. And they get her and he pays her to go to Montserrat and pretend that she is Jose Luis's ex-girlfriend or ex-fiance and basically lie to Montserrat and say that Jose Luis is a scumbag and that he used her and that all he cares about is money. And once he got his money, he ran away on the day of their wedding and everything. And Montserrat is skeptical to say the least. And she's like, I don't believe you. I, 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 I need to talk to him. And Graciela is like, don't you dare. You're not going to go talk to him because you're not going to reduce yourself to that, which is just a ploy to buy time so that she won't be able to talk to him. But Montserrat is still trying and she's, she's determined that she's going to go find Jose Luis and get the truth out of him. However, part three of Dimitrio and Graciela's elaborate scheme is that they're going to put Jose Luis in jail. And not only that, they're going to put him in solitary confinement so he doesn't get any visits. And Graciela also uses her contacts with a crooked Marine guy or a lieutenant or whatever. And she's like, if my daughter Montserrat comes here looking for this Marine, make sure you tell her that he ran off. So when inevitably Monse does run away and she's trying to find Jose Luis, she finds this guy, this lieutenant or whatever, who is, I guess, a family friend and is like, I need to talk to Jose Luis. And the lieutenant lies and is like, oh, Jose Luis, yeah, he got transferred. So you're not going to find him here. And also he was very adamant about getting transferred and everything. He just basically strings up a whole elaborate lie and then is like, look, Monse, I'm just going to give you advice like your father would. You need to stay away from him. He's bad news. And let me take you home. So he takes Monse home. But what he doesn't count on is that one of the Marines, Jose Luis's bestie, um, what's his name? Refugio is listening in. So he, when he listens and, and he hears that Jose Luis requested to be transferred, he's like, something's not adding up here. And so he keeps that in his back pocket and he's just like gonna investigate what's going on. Because again, they're besties. So Jose Luis would not have just run away without telling him. So we flash forward. There's this big party for Pedro Medina, whom, by the way, I'm just going to say it, it's kind of a little spoilerly because it hasn't happened yet, but Pedro Medina is a fucking worse. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. I hate his character. He's such a horrible scumbag. 
And he is now the municipal president of Aguasul. So they're going to have this whole party for him. And everyone who's anyone in Aguasul is invited. And so keep in mind Pedro Medina as we go on. Because he doesn't become the outright villain he's going to be until more towards the end. But I will preface this by saying that so far the very few scenes that have involved him have shown him to be a completely horrible character. And this is a content warning for domestic violence and abuse. So he has a wife named Nadia who is besties with Monse. And when we first meet Nadia, she's just come back from her honeymoon and she's pretending that she's like this happy bride and happy wife and everything. But when she's with Pedro Medina, we see that he's abusive and that he just wants her as an ornament and is like, you need to cook for me. Why haven't you cooked for me? You need to do this. You need to do that. And he also hits her and it's really bad. And it's shown that Nadia really wants to have kids, but Pedro hasn't even touched her or anything. It's just, it's all bad. It's all bad. And we get this scene where it's his big party because he's now the municipal president and everyone's there. And Graciela used this party as an opportunity to make sure that Montserrat is in Alejandro's radar. Because up until this point, Alejandro, although he's super interested in Monse, he has been getting zero vibes from her because, again, Monse is just completely heartbroken. She thinks that she's just been bamboozled by the man she loves and she's... She's in no mindset to date, and also she knows very well that her mom only wants her to date Alejandro because she wants Alejandro to solve all their monetary problems. So Monse is really upset, but her tia convinces her to go shopping with her, and they go shopping, and by the way, while they're shopping, Monse sees Alejandro, and he's hanging out with Esmeralda, the woman who came to Monse's house and accused Jose Luis of being her ex-fiance. What Monse doesn't know is that Esmeralda is a stripper at a club, and that's where she met Alejandro, because Alejandro was there with his bestie. And she's kind of interested in him because he's super attractive. Obviously, it's Sebastian Rulli. And so she ran into him and was having breakfast with him. And Monse sees this and is like, hmm, this is suspicious. Something doesn't add up. So... When they're walking, she just keeps this in her back pocket. Again, she hasn't been able to get a hold of Jose Luis. So she's convinced by her mother to basically up her charms. And at the party, when Monse wearing this beautiful teal bluish dress or aqua, maybe it's aqua. I'm really bad at colors. But she's wearing a beautiful dress. She looks beautiful. Alejandro walks in. And he wasn't supposed to come to this party. But he walks in. And all eyes are on Monse, and he's, like, staring at her, and just, like, obviously he's very into her. And meanwhile, Monse's aunt and her mother, Graciela, are talking amongst themselves and being like, ooh, what's gonna happen? Offering little cheesemic commentary on the whole interaction. And then Monse decides to make the first move, and she goes up to Alejandro. Her aunt is like, mm, I wouldn't have done that, that's bold. And her mom's like, no, 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 I think this is good. Monse should make the first move. And so Monse talks to him and they're really she's flirting with him she's being nice which she hasn't been up until this point to him and she's like talking to him 
But very clearly, we see that the only reason she's talking to him is because she wants to know what was up with Esmeralda. So she's like, I saw you talking with a woman. What's up with that? And Alejandro, poor, poor little soul, thinks that Monse was jealous of him. So so when Monse is like, oh, I'm just curious about this woman, Alejandro is like, thank you. And she's like, thank you for what? And he's like, for being jealous of my interactions. And oh, it's so hard to see. It's so hard to see because they're both in such in such a hard and difficult position because on the one hand, Alejandro was really horrible and did a horrible thing and that is basically give money to this woman in exchange for the opportunity to date her daughter and Monse knows that this man is the answer to her family's financial troubles and morally she doesn't want to do it but she also is keeping that option open so they're both kind of doing bad things and Monse is also kind of lying to him by not being honest that she's in love with another man and we'll see and eventually she will try to come clean but that won't happen but yes they're both in such horrible positions and then poor jose luis whom by the way when i first watched lo que la vida me robó i kind of watched it like i paid attention to it towards the end and this is a very minor spoiler but when i watched lo que la vida me robó i primarily watched the end and by the end i hated jose luis like i hated him and maybe it's also because i loved sebastian rulli so much I was Team Alejandro, so watching it now from the beginning, I am completely Team Jose Luis. Not because I don't love Alejandro, I mean, he's done his bad things, but because Jose Luis has just been getting bad luck after bad luck, and I feel horrible for him. So yeah, so back to Jose Luis. That night of the party... Nadia's brother and Dimitrio end up going to the strip club and they're being hella loud and hella chismosos and Refugio, Jose Luis's bestie, is also there. And he overhears them talking and they basically they basically monologue their evil plan and Dimitrio tells Nadia's brother about how he just did this and he framed an innocent man for something he didn't do and how this marine named Jose Luis is now in prison. So thanks to that information, Refugio is able to go to the prison cell and he attempts to break Jose Luis out of jail. This does not work. So then they devise a plan where Jose Luis is like, you're going to have to hit me and go and tell them that you found me trying to run away. So Refugio does that, and because he's the one that captured Jose Luis, they're like, you're now in charge of his security. And so while he's in charge, him and Jose Luis come up with a plan to escape and run away, and everything's going bad. Everything is going bad for Jose Luis, because while he's plotting his plan, he can't talk to Montserrat, he doesn't know what Montserrat is thinking about him. He doesn't know the sabotage that's been going around. And he's going to be transferred to La Ciudad de Mexico, where he'll never talk to anyone again. And he'll be in prison for maybe the rest of his life. So he's just having bad luck after bad luck. And because this is happening, this opens up Montserrat to be in a relationship with Alejandro. 
So at first, you know, they're very flirty at the party, but Montserrat is still not interested in him. However, Graciela and Dimitrio are talking to Alejandro and being like, oh no, Monse is super into you. Like she was contemplating what to wear and she's just so happy with you and of course she's not going to show it in front of you because she's a respectful young lady however you have to trust that you know that she totally is into you so they are making it seem like she likes him and they're like join us for lunch or dinner so they do and we get this horrible horrible scene between Graciela and Monse. Monse being dramatic and a teenager because I'll remind y'all she's still 19 in this telenovela and she dresses she kind of dresses like a funeral she puts her hair in this bun and wears this dress that's like black and gray and she looks beautiful because it's Angelique Boyer but she definitely looks a little older and not as attractive as she could and so Graciela goes looks at her, makes her cry by being like, you look hideous and you're not helping yourself. And she destroys her bun and is like, suelta del pelo. And then she picks out this red dress and is like, change. Monse is like, I'm not going to be your prop or your product that you're just going to put on display to sell. But that's essentially what her mother is doing. So Monse, being the daughter that doesn't want to disappoint her mother and also wants to, above everything else, protect her father, she puts her hair down and she wears that red dress that Graciela picked out. So she makes her way downstairs where Alejandro is at. She makes her grand entrance and they have dinner and Graciela is really hyping up Monse on how she would make an excellent housewife and everything. But Alejandro is a little more progressive than that. So after dinner, when they're talking, he starts talking about how he knows that he got his money from very malicious practices. And he's like, I know my dad was a horrible man and I know that he abused people and did this and that. And Monse's dad, Lauro, is like, I agree. I never agreed with his methods and how he got wealthy. And Graciela is like, well, maybe you should have because if you would have done what he had done, we wouldn't be poor right now. And Alejandro starts talking about how while he is uh, heir to the fortune, he's going to make sure that he's not the only one that benefits from it. And he wants to make sure that he really gives back to the workers who are the ones that are truly responsible for the wealth. And Monse is immediately interested. And she's like, yes, yes, we have to do that. And also, maybe you should open up a school for their children because, you know, lack of education is the primary reason people stay trapped in cycles of poverty. And Alejandro's like, you're right, I'm gonna do that immediately. And once is like, really, you are? And so they start to kind of vibe a little bit. And that same night, Alejandro goes ahead and kisses her and Monse is not into it because again she's not in love with him and they start talking and Alejandro is very honest about how he feels about her and he assures her that his interest in her is genuine and that you know and that he hasn't been able to get her out of his mind so the next day he sends her roses and these roses are not received well by Monse, who again, she's, y'all, she's really not interested in him at all, which understandable. She's also very heartbroken. So again, completely understandable. 
But poor Alejandro, literally, he, the only reason he's doing anything is because Dimitrio and Graciela are egging him on and giving him false information about Monse. So he sends her flowers. And that same day, Jose Luis and Refugio are planning on making their grand escape. And it's revealed that Refugio, the reason he's being so helpful and risking everything for Jose Luis, is that Jose Luis once saved him from a very horrible situation. And it's not revealed what that situation was. I don't know if it ever will be. But I just found it interesting because it shows that Jose Luis's character is someone who's very devoted to people and that he will definitely put himself on the line to protect other people and protect people he cares about. So they escape. And while they're escaping, poor Refugio gets shot and badly wounded. And Jose Luis starts to confront the commanding officer that shot Refugio. And he's like, I'm not a criminal. Here, shoot me, shoot me. And he's like, he's like being, he's he's being completely, como se dice? Like, I don't want to say ballsy, but that's kind of what he's being. And he's like, shoot me, shoot me. I dare you. I did nothing wrong. I'm not going to pay for someone else's crime. Just shoot me, shoot me. And Refugio, using whatever strength he has left, he ends up shooting the commanding officer. And when he shoots him, he tells Jose Luis, run away. You need to leave. But Jose Luis is like, I'm not leaving without you. So he takes a wounded Refugio, puts him in the car, and they start to drive away. That same day, Alejandro goes to Monse's house. And armed by Graciela and Dimitrio's misinformation, he confesses to Montserrat that he's in love with her. And he's like, and I know we just met, and I know we haven't talked a lot, but I'm in love with you. I can't stop thinking about you, and I want you to be my girlfriend. And also, he does something that... I believe that Asmonce's character would really mean a lot to her. And that's, I want to talk to your father immediately. Which, again, is what Jose Luis failed to do time after time. Completely justifiable. He was fearful of her family's reaction. But he never did. And so Alejandro, the first thing he says after, I want you to be my girlfriend, is, let me talk to your dad. So he does. And her dad, Lauro, really likes Alejandro. They get along really well. He knows that he's a man of morals. And he's overjoyed. And he's like, yes, I approve of this. And so Alejandro and Monse become an official couple. And again, Alejandro confesses his love to her. And Alejandro is like, I know you don't love me yet, but I believe that someday you will be capable of loving me. And if y'all know where this story goes, you know that it's only a matter of time. But that is how episode 10 ends with poor Jose Luis on the run and Alejandro confessing his feelings to Monse. Uh, y'all, again, I'm like, I'm totally team Jose Luis right now, not because Alejandro is horrible or anything yet, but because I just feel bad for him. Like, I root for the underdog, and right now, Jose Luis is the most underdog of the underdogs out there, and it's making me sad. 
It's making me sad to see him losing and being el perdedor. But that is it for this week's episode. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed. And as always, if you have any questions or any comments or any thoughts, don't forget to hit me up and email me or Instagram me or whatever. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you all again next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.